Girlfriends, episode number 132, Six Ways to Banish a Bad Mood. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're sharing some easy ways to turn a bad mood around. Are you in a funk? Let's get you out of it. Hey, girlfriends. How are you? Thanks for being here. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for connecting with me. I love that we can gather here together week after week as part of the Girlfriends community. So thank you for being a part of that. We're connecting yet again. This week, we're going to talk about bad moods and how to get out of them. But first, I just want to know how you're doing. It's been a little while since we did a health and fitness check-in, and that's probably on purpose for my part. Um, But I like to do this regularly so that um, even I have some accountability here. It's maybe mostly for me, but I think it's helpful to just check in about how we're doing with our health and fitness goals and um, what we say our priorities are, but what we're actually doing in real life. Summer can be a challenging time. There are vacations, there's parties, there's relaxed schedule. You can get out of your routine when the kids aren't in school. So this can be really challenging to stick to your health and fitness goals, but I find it's helpful to be flexible, but not to throw everything out the window. For me personally, um, for like three months leading into late June, I was really good about sticking to an exercise routine and eating like almost no carbs whatsoever. (laughs) I just got into a really good habit with the things that I was eating and a really good routine. And um, after that, I got sick. I think I shared that with you um, when I was at Catholic TV recording the gist. I was sick that week and I was sick when I got back. And I kind of, yeah, okay, I threw everything out the window. I just, I pretty much went from eating almost no carbs to eating nothing but carbs like for three days straight, (laughs) like chocolate chip cookies and wine and bread and pasta and rice and give me all the stuff. Um, So it wasn't really a moderate way for me to, and I did want to ease kind of back into introducing more carbs into my diet. Just, uh, I don't think it's, I mean, I think a lot of people do like ketogenic eating and it's great for them and it's great for weight loss, but I do think that's sort of an extreme lifestyle. And it's not for me, not in the long term anyway, but it can be a good way to, um, well, like I said, lose weight if that's a goal of yours, um, or to break bad habits, break bad sugar habits for sure. Um, but even like just going like on a low carb, regular low carb diet without being extreme about it, I think can help you to break some of those bad sugar habits and kind of break that, you know, blood sugar cycle highs and lows that we kind of can get into the bad habit of. Like, you know, if you're eating a lot of sugar, you'll have these highs and lows, these crash, you'll crash and burn and just be looking for your next hit of sugar. Um, So definitely, I think that there's a balance to be found there. And so I am working on balancing, (laughs) figuring out exactly what my diet should look like right now without being obsessive about it and not stepping on the scale because this really isn't about pounds or or weight to me. I just want to be eating healthily. I was talking to um, an older woman in my parish recently who was sharing about how she used to eat this really extremely low-fat diet. Um, You know, that used to be really the trend. And she really feels like it 
did um, some major damage to her health. She has macular degeneration, um, which is um, an eye disease. And the doctor was sharing with her how much her eyes need healthy fats in order to, um, you know, kind of battle that disease or, or slow down its progression. So she's changed her diet, but she was kind of lamenting to me and sharing that she thought it was that she'd already d- done this damage to herself. And it, it really made me think like how we're eating now, how I'm eating now in my 40s um, can affect future health and it can affect, um, you know, what, how I'm encouraging my family can eat, to eat can affect their health in the future. So without being crazy or obsessive about it, I'm always kind of looking for balance inside of those things and um, trying to avoid extreme behavior, <laughs> which, you know, I think we all can fall into that. Um, and, and it's one thing to be extreme for a little while, like when you're beginning a, a new habit or a new routine or trying to break bad habits, that's fine. But ultimately, I think we all need to be kind of looking toward that kind of moderate, sustainable lifestyle with regard to our eating habits and our exercise. So um, that's the diet part. I'm I'm just working on um, I, I used to be in a great habit of uh, eating a salad every day, just a giant salad for lunch. And I found that that really did kind of regulate the rest of my eating habits and um, the kinds of choices that I was making. And just being sure that one of my meals was like, uh, you know, really dense in those micronutrients, those things that your body needs and craves, kind of set a balance for the rest of my life. And um, I never want to be living for not a long term anyway, where I'm never going to have a glass of wine or never going to have a cookie. You know, I I think that there's really a balance to be found there. And I'm seeking it this summer, um, working on that. So if you're struggling with these sorts of things or having similar issues in your life this summertime, I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you're doing, what kind of um, healthy habits you're looking to cultivate during the summer season. And then as far as fitness or exercise, I am really laid back about this right now. I'm not in a... um, hardcore kind of following any particular routine, but just making sure that I'm doing something every day. And on a busy day, that might just mean that I'm walking. It might just mean that I'm going for a walk sometimes. Um, And other times it might mean going for a run. Other times it means lifting weights, but just kind of, you know, not following a strict regimen there, but making sure that I'm incorporating regular movement in my days. And that means not just having like a 30 minute period set aside where I'm doing my exercise for the day. For sure, that's a part of it, but also making sure I'm not just sitting on my butt every single hour of the day besides that exercise time, because that's a habit that I know I can fall into. Years ago, I think I've shared with you before on the podcast that I was running regularly and running a lot of miles in every week. And so I felt like I, I must be doing pretty well with regard to my activity levels. But when I started paying attention to how many steps I was taking in a day, I realized besides my running, I was pretty sedentary. I was pretty much sitting around for most of the day. And this summer, I shared with you that I've been working on a new book project. Out of necessity, I've kind of been doing more sitting than I'd like to be doing. So um, as I'm coming near to the end of this project, I'm looking forward to being more active throughout my day. I've kind of gotten away from my habit of using my walking desk, my treadmill desk, which is nothing fancy. I know you can buy them for like thousands of dollars, but mine is just a regular treadmill that my awesome handy husband, Dan, took a clamp and a board and just clamped the board onto it so I can put my laptop on there. I can set the treadmill at like two and then I can use my laptop or I could watch a show or something along those lines. But also I can just answer emails or take a phone call through my computer or 
um, you know, a, a bunch of kind of basic tasks like that. But for the kind of writing that I've been doing for this book that I'm working on, I can't, I can't, I need to focus really. And I can't be walking at the same time. So out of necessity, I've been spending more time sitting and at a screen than I normally would like, but I'm looking to kind of break away from that. I'm looking to get my my treadmill desk getting used throughout the day again. Um, also, I like to get in the habit of, in summertime is a great time to do that, taking phone calls and just walking outside while I'm on the phone. So if you have to be on the phone anyway for work or otherwise, or if even if it's just a phone call with a good friend or your sister or something, you can walk, you can move around while you're doing it. So I'm working on that. I'm um, incorporating more movement. And and I find just being aware of it, just tracking your movements, whether you're doing it officially with a Fitbit or just through your phone or just paying attention, setting a, a timer to go off every hour and saying, oh, am I in the same position I was the last time this timer beeped? Uh, time to move. Um, you know, just tracking it in that way, just becoming more aware of it is actually a huge step in the right direction toward moving more. I find that I just move more when I'm aware of it and when I'm thinking about it. So those are my goals. Let me know how you're doing. You can send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. Connect with me on social media. Send me one of those voicemails that you know I like. Connect with me on Voxer. The link to connect with me on Voxer is in the show notes for every episode of Girlfriends, which are now posted at ascensionpress.com. I also was posting, you know, an embedded form of the podcast at daniellebean.com every week. And I have to catch up. I'm behind. So don't go there. <laughs> you can go to daniellebean.com if you want information about my books or information about inviting me to come speak. For sure, all that information is still there. But the updated show notes aren't there. It's on my list. I want to get all of the shows embedded there in case anybody's looking for the podcast at daniellebean.com. But Everything is absolutely up to date and you can get all the information at ascensionpress.com. And now is a great opportunity for me to thank Ascension for partnering with me to bring you the podcast every week at ascensionpress.com. You can not only get the show notes for Girlfriends, every episode of the Girlfriends podcast and all the links, everything you want, but also lots of information, lots of faith formation resources for you, for your family, for your parish, for your teenagers, for your marriage. Check it all out. Available at ascensionpress.com. Okay, moving on to this week's topic, we are talking about how to banish a bad mood. We all have times like this. We all have days like this. And I think it's helpful to just recognize our moods, pay attention to our moods, and then recognize that we can control them, at least to some extent. We're, we're in charge. Um, we can change the way that we're feeling. We can change our perspective a little bit. And I'm going to share six different ways to banish a bad mood. When you find yourself in a funk, sometimes we just have days like that. Sometimes it's because certain bad things are going on. Sometimes you're not sure why you're in this bad mood. And um, I think it's kind of important to assess that rather than which is the easy thing to do, kind of embrace it like I'm in a bad mood. So what? Who cares? Let's spiral downward. I'm going to snap at everybody. I'm just in a bad mood today. Everybody has to deal with it. We're responsible for our moods. We're responsible for the ways in which our moods can affect other people. And by and large, we women, like it or not, girlfriends, we are the ones who are setting the tones inside of our homes and inside of our families with the way we interact and the kind of mood we're in. So Let's make sure we're not punishing the people that we're sharing space with. Let's turn that bad mood around. It's okay if you find yourself in a bad mood. That's normal. But recognize that you can take steps toward 
a positive direction, changing your mood, taking control of it, making sure it's not going to hurt yourself and hurt other people. Okay, the first one, I bet you can tell what it's going to be because I talk about this all the time. We've already been talking about it a little bit here already in this episode. The first way to change a bad mood is to exercise. This is the number one thing. You know, I'm always talking about those endorphins, but they're real. Those are those feel-good hormones that you get when you exercise. And I know you might be thinking, but I hate exercise. That's going to make my mood worse, but no, it won't. Getting yourself out of breath, challenging yourself, doing something hard, changing your location, like going out for a run, going out for a walk, going for a swim. This is a great time of year if you're able to do that great way to just kind of get, move your body and change your body chemistry with those endorphins. It really makes a huge difference. And if you move yourself, if you move your body and, you know, like I've been sharing, all of these things are connected. And one thing for sure that I found is when I am making an effort to exercise on a regular basis, it changes what I'm eating too. And guess what? that can affect your mood. It doesn't happen to be one of my six things I'm sharing, but what you're eating can affect your mood. Those highs and lows, those sugar crashes we've been talking about, those affect your moods. So get your body moving. If you're finding yourself in a funk, if you're finding, even if you're just feeling blah, it's a great way to mix things up. It's a great way to change what your body is feeling and thinking and kind of that that mode. Sometimes if you're just sitting in the same place, you know, for hours on end, whether it's because you're working on something or doing housework, sitting at the, you know, the, um, the kitchen sink, doing dishes or whatever it is you're doing, if you've been sedentary, it really does affect your mood and you can really spiral downward from there. So break it up, change it, make yourself go out there and move your body. It doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to have a bunch of equipment to do it. You can even just, and I've done this before, whether you need a boost of energy or if you're feeling down or if you're just feeling blah, if you're feeling grumpy for whatever reason, run up and down the stairs like 10 times. It's amazing what that will do to kind of switch your focus and give you that shot of endorphins that you need. You need it. We're, we're physical creatures and it's okay to admit that sometimes the mood we're in doesn't really make sense. We just kind of need a chemical change up. We need to kind of um, intervene. And physical exercise is an awesome way that you can do that. And it's totally free. So do that. Do your family a favor. If you're getting grumpy, do them a favor and just switch it up. Get outside. Get moving. Go up and down your stairs. Whatever it is you need to do. Hop on the treadmill. Get to the gym. Whatever it is you enjoy. And it's a great way to kind of switch up your mood and Get those feel-good hormones coursing through your veins. You're going to be feeling that change in mood. All right. The second way that I want to share to banish a bad mood, if you find yourself in a funk, is to focus on helping someone else. Switch your focus. I think a lot of times we get into a bad mood because we're focused on ourselves. Like we're focused on our own needs, our own wants, our own disappointments, our own discouragement, our own little precious feelings. And it doesn't mean your feelings don't matter, but maybe you need to get over yourself. I know I do. I know a lot of times I just need that reminder to get over myself and nothing helps you get over yourself better than focusing on what somebody else needs. It can be as simple as checking in with your kids and finding out a way that you can serve them or checking in with your spouse and finding out what you can do to help that person, to support that person, what they need, what they're struggling with. You know, find out their perspective. Get outside of your own head a little bit because sometimes that's really 
part of why we spiral into negativity is we're super, super self-focused and nothing can switch your perspective quite like focusing on somebody else's perspective, seeing that other people also have needs and wants and disappointments and hurts and sorrows and things that you can help them with. And it's such a positive thing. Sometimes we're in a, we get in a bad mood because things aren't going our way with a lot of little things that we can't control. Well, you can control helping somebody else. It can be a positive way that you can kind of feel empowered in your life and feel like you do have some sense of control. You can do positive things. You can have positive experiences. So um, it might mean volunteering somewhere if this is an ongoing thing with you where you feel like you get um, kind of down or you, you feel discouraged on a regular basis. Making a positive effort to regularly be giving of yourself to others who could benefit from your time, your energy, your attention. It's a great way to kind of get over yourself, get outside of yourself. A lot of times we we don't even notice that we're kind of spiraling downward like that, but make it a habit to kind of assess your moods, assess how you're feeling. And um, if you find yourself in that way, feeling in a negative mood, helping somebody else, looking for a way to serve somebody else can be a super positive way to battle that self-focus, that kind of selfishness that leads to kind of being more demanding of other people. This is something that I'm, yeah, so my priest will tell you, I'm mentioning this in confession all the time, that in my personal relationships and especially in my marriage, a lot of times I am more demanding of others than, um, than I'm willing to give myself. Like I set a different level, a different standard for them. What I want them to be giving to me isn't a level at which I'm willing to give myself. Do an assessment like that because nothing will put you in a bad mood faster than being whiny and demanding of the people in your life in a way that's not reasonable. So get over yourself. You might need to just get over yourself and um, look for a way to reach out and help somebody else. All right. Also connected with this is connecting with somebody. Find somebody to hug. Find a, a kid to to hug or to hold. Go Go and give your spouse a hug. Give them a kiss. Tell them how amazing they are. Just connect with somebody. And sometimes connecting with a friend can be a great way to do this. If you have a girlfriend that you can call up or hang out with for a little bit, sometimes you you know, you need to just talk things out in, in a, a free way or you might even need to cry. It's okay. Just look for those ways to connect with somebody um, in a positive way because, again, talking about those hormones, you get these feel-good hormones when you hug somebody or when you cuddle with somebody. Um, physical touch matters and our physical connections with people that we love matter. And that can just mean being in the physical presence of friends and connecting in a real way like that. Too much of our lives, I think, and too much of our relationships end up being through screens and on screens, texting or through Facebook or whatever on your phone. And we really do, we're made for real life connections with people and physical contact, physical presence with one another matters and it affects your mood. Have you ever had a kid who's been on screens for too long? <laughs> yes, I have a million times, um, whether it's video games or, or watching too much television and had them when you finally force them off the screen, they are in a bear of a mood, right? It's horrible. It's nasty. We can do that to ourselves. Have you ever spent like too much time on Instagram or something and you come away from there just ugly, feeling ugly and nasty and crabby to your entire family? I know I've experienced that. So this is a way to combat that. Instead of communicating through screens, connect with somebody real, in real life. Hold somebody's hand, pat somebody on the shoulder, give somebody a hug, pick up a little kid. 
Look for those ways to physically connect with people in your environment. I know that, um, you know, this actually happened to me recently where I didn't even realize that I was kind of crabby and I was in a bad mood. And my husband very charitably <laughs> kind of paused and said, what's going on with you? I mean, that's, that's the nice way of saying, why are you being such a jerk? <laughs> And I needed that intervention because I hadn't even realized that I was kind of in, kind of feeling down, frustrated, you know, stressed, angry, whatever, all those different adjectives you want to add there. And there wasn't any one particular reason why I was. It was like a bunch of little things. And having that kind of physical presence of my husband asking me that question was really hugely helpful in kind of knocking me out of that. So um, you can't count on other people necessarily intervening for you. Sometimes you need to be the intervention, recognize that you need that intervention and seek out ways to connect with people in your life and um, be physically present to one another. All right. The next way I want to share about um, that you can banish a bad mood is to laugh. Life is funny. And sometimes the things that are annoying us are, are funny later. Maybe, um, you know, all those those little things that your kids are doing that are getting on your nerves or that thing that happened at work that's so annoying. Um, might it be funny later? Maybe look for the humor inside of whatever it is that you're going through that you're tempted to be super focused on and obsess about. Or if that's not going to work, at least look for something to laugh about because there's just there's just too much in our world and in our human experience that is funny. There's so much humor in all of it. Look for some of that. Look for a way to laugh. Maybe maybe call a friend who always makes you laugh. Or if that's not an option, um, maybe watch a, a funny show or a movie that you know makes you laugh. My husband and I have done this before where we'll, we have certain um, comedies, movies that we we know are funny with certain actors that we love or whatever. And if we're collectively, and this happens to couples, feeling in a funk, like, eh, everything's just got me down. Like nothing's gone well today. It's yucky, whatever. Um, at the end of the day, we'll say, you know what? Let's watch something funny. Let's, I feel like, like we need that. We just want to laugh about something. And so we'll put on one of those tried and true movies that we've probably seen a dozen times, but it doesn't matter. It still makes you laugh. So um, look for a way to laugh again. Those are the endorphins. When you laugh, you have that stress relief and those feel-good hormones start coursing through your veins. You need it. So look for a way to, to make yourself laugh. Look for a way that you can possibly laugh about whatever your situation is that's getting you down. But if that's not possible, connect with somebody or some form of media that you know will make you laugh. Look for a way to do that. Okay. Number five way that I want to share for how to get yourself out of a funk, how to get out of a bad mood, banish a bad mood from your life is to pray, right? This should be number one, but, <laughs> but sometimes we don't think of it right away, right? We get around to that later, connect with God. And sometimes I think we don't naturally want to connect with God when we're in a bad mood because it feels like that's wrong. I should only pray when I am ready to be all holy and cheerful and tell God how much I love him and how grateful I am for everything in my life. But you know what? God wants it all. He wants all of you. And he already knows about whatever mess you're struggling through. So bring it to him. And, you know, you don't have to be a jerk to God. But, you know, I have a friend who um, shared with me that she sometimes screams and yells in her conversations with God when she's so frustrated. And um, I'm not really going to ever do that, probably. But bringing your feelings of frustration 
bringing your feelings of anger, bringing your feelings of of sadness to God. He wants all of that. I mean, you don't have to look any further than, you know, reading the Psalms to know all manner of human experience is something that God wants to be a part of. He wants us to bring those things in prayer. And throughout all of history, man has been bringing those things to God in prayer, bringing those feelings of frustration and anger sometimes, right? Where nothing's going your way, or you feel like God's forgotten you. You feel lonely. You feel sad. You feel left behind. Bring those feelings. Bring all of that to God because he knows you better than you know yourself. He knows you inside and out. He knows you're in that mood. And the fact that you're going to be bringing it to him is is a beautiful gift and trusting him with all of yourself and then connecting with God. And, you know, you can, inside of that prayer, ask God to to help you change your perspective. I mean, I know I've done this and certainly I'm sure you've experienced this in moments where like you really are feeling frustrated and you need patience, just that kind of like quick prayer, like, Lord, give me patience. Well, you can ask for that, you know, even inside of regular prayer time, just asking for the patience you need, asking for the proper perspective on whatever it is that you're struggling with, asking for God's help inside of, you know, the ups and downs of your everyday life. He wants to be a part of that. He doesn't want to be just some official fancy part of your life, you know, that you you set aside this time for prayer and you only talk to God when you're you're ready to interact with him in this formal way. He wants to be a part of every bit of it. So don't be afraid to be yourself and to share with God, connect with God when you're in a bad mood. He already knows about it. You're not going to shock him. So bring your bad mood to prayer. It's okay. And I'm not going to tell you to scream and swear at God, but you know what? If that's part of you, that's part of what you're feeling, uh, I'm all for it. Connect with God in an authentic way because don't forget that Jesus is fully human. We talk about this, right? He's fully human and he wants to connect with you in ways that are humanly meaningful. All the things that you want inside of your human relationships with other people that you care about, he wants in his relationship with you. So think about that. Think about what it is you want um, in your interactions and connections with other people in your life that mean a lot to you. That's what God wants with you. That's what Jesus wants with you. And so, yeah, that's going to mean bringing him some of the bad stuff. That's going to mean connecting with him when you're feeling down. That's going to mean asking him for help in switching your perspective when you recognize that it's not quite the one you should have, but you're not ready to lose it just yet. So that's what he's there for. So connect with God, connect with Jesus, especially inside of those moments where you're struggling with a bad mood. All right. The last one I want to mention is sleep. Sometimes we don't even know that we are crabby because we're sleep deprived. Sleep affects everything. It really does. And um, I read a study recently that showed how you're much more likely to crave sugar when you're sleep deprived. Well, imagine this vicious cycle, right? We already talked about how sugar and physical exercise can affect your moods. Imagine this vicious cycle of sleep deprivation. And many of us find ourselves there, whether it's through work or because you have little kids that are getting up at night or you have illness going on. Whatever it is, we all have these times when it's inevitable that we're going to be sleep deprived. But recognizing the ways in which that can affect your mood, I think, is really key. So it's amazing what a good night's sleep can do to your mood. Um, I don't mind sharing with you. Just last night, there was something that was super bothering me, super annoying me. 
inside of my relationship with Dan. And I told myself, because I've done this before, um, I'm a little experienced at this being annoyed thing and then getting it into perspective, that if I still was annoyed and felt the need to address it after a good night's sleep, that I would. But I wasn't going to address it last night when I was tired and we'd both been working. And it just, I, in the past, I totally would have just done it right there. And there would have been a big blowout about it. But um, I had the perspective to tell myself, if this is still a problem in the morning, I will address it then. And oh, guess what? It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, big surprise, right? Not a big deal. Do not need to address that. Um, and, and it's amazing what a good night's sleep can do to your perspective. If you're really worried about something, we talked about this before, if you wake up in the middle of the night and you're feeling worried about something, Remind yourself that really after a good night's sleep, it's all going to be in a different perspective for you. It might still be something that you're worried about, but it's not going to be this kind of life or death kind of anxiety that you might be experiencing. And you can have that anxiety, not just in the middle of the night, but in the middle of the day, if you're sleep deprived, if you're feeling tired and you might not recognize it. So, you know, find ways to get the sleep you need. If you can't get eight straight hours every night, and we all have phases of life that are like that, I understand it. Um, look for ways that you can get the rest that you need. Look for ways that you can nap. Rest when your kids go down for a nap. Hire some help. Get some help. Enlist some help from your older kids or from your husband to be able to just get rest. And we all have this battle, too, um, of not making sleep a priority necessarily. Like, and I know this, I know this, this kind of conflict because when all of my kids were little and I wasn't getting a lot of sleep at night because I always had an infant who was getting up at night, um, during that time, if I got time to myself during the day, whether it was because everybody was napping or it was quiet time or, or somebody had the kids or whatever, the last thing in the world I wanted to do was lie down and take a nap, even though I knew I was tired. I wanted to do all the other things, right? <laughs> get accomplished those chores that never get around to or um, even like watch a TV show or whatever. Um, but, you know, those things are important too. But recognize the the primary importance that sleep has because it really does affect your moods and it affects how you feel about everything else. And it affects, like I said, the choices that you're making about everything else, whether it's choices about exercise or what you're going to eat or the way you're going to interact with your kids or um, the the thing that you, you want to bring up to argue about with your spouse. <laughs> it affects all of those little decisions and choices and all of those add up to how you're feeling overall. All of those add up to, um, you know, how you're feeling inside of your relationships with the people that you love inside of your home, inside of your family, inside of your marriage. So, be looking for ways that you can make sleep a little more of a priority. It might mean not staying up and binge watching quite so much Netflix after the kids have gone to bed. Get yourself to bed at a reasonable hour. You know, make a, make allowances for times when you're going to indulge in those things, but then recognize the importance, the important role that sleep plays in your life and in affecting your mood. And, you know, sometimes do make that decision that I'm going to lie down and just take a 20 minute nap. You know, if you can manage that, it can really turn your whole day around. It can turn your whole mood around. You can just, it can give you that kind of like little kind of boost to get through the rest of your day. If you're in that funk, especially in the afternoon, if you're feeling tired, dragging toward dinner time, finding the time to just rest, close your eyes, even if you don't go to sleep, you know, sometimes we have too much going on or it's too noisy in your house or whatever. Um, but taking that time to just lie down, close your eyes and just breathe 
Give yourself that. Give yourself the gift of that because it really does affect your mood. And just becoming aware of it, I think, is um, really important. It's an important step toward making that move in the right direction. Okay, so those are the simple things that I wanted to share with you about ways to banish a bad mood. Exercise, look to help somebody, connect with somebody, laugh, pray, and sleep. But you probably have ways that work for you to banish a bad mood. What do you do when you get in a funk? What helps you to get out of it? I'd love to share it with other listeners here at Girlfriends. So you can email me, Danielle, at daniellebean.com. Connect with me on Voxer or send me a voicemail on your phone. You know how to do this. I'd love to add your voice to a future episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. And speaking of other people's perspectives and voices, I got an email from listener Teresa who wanted to share some feedback from our recent episode about prayer excuses. Remember, we talked about all the different excuses we make for why we're not praying more, not praying more often, not praying in more meaningful ways. And uh, Teresa had this to share. She emailed and said, Hi, Danielle. Thank you for your wonderful podcast. I look forward to hearing it each week. For the longest time, I was frustrated whenever my mind would wander off during mental prayer. So one thing I've been doing to stay focused is that I keep a journal and I write letters to God. Some days my letters are only a couple of sentences long and on other days they're pages long. I find that when I have to write my thoughts down, it helps me to really think about and process my thoughts and feelings. It's also nice to look back at previous letters to see how I've progressed in certain aspects of my prayer life. However, I still struggle in learning how to listen to God's response. Thank you, Danielle. God bless, Teresa. Well, thank you for that letter, Teresa, and for sharing what works for you. I love that idea of prayer journaling. And uh, this is something I used to do when I was younger, and I've gotten away from that. I think just the busyness of family life has kind of pulled me away from that practice. But, um, you know, I, I like what you're sharing, that it helps you to focus on what you are praying, because if you're going to actually write it down, you're not allowed to be, you know, planning tomorrow night's dinner menu, right? Like our mind will wander off and do during mental prayer sometimes. So it really does kind of force you to focus. So that's definitely an awesome way to do that. And I love that you share that it helps you to look back and see how you've progressed, how you've changed. That is a really fun thing. Um, and not just fun, but spiritually helpful to see where you were or to, and this I found back when I was journaling on a regular basis, look back and see the prayers that were answered. Sometimes we kind of take for granted answered prayers or we don't even notice them because it happens gradually over time. And we forget that this was something we were really anxious about, really worried about. And God kind of answers it beautifully and generously over the course of time. But having written down your thoughts and your feelings and the things that you were bringing to God is a wonderful way to look back and say, oh my gosh, remember how that was such a worry for me? And look how God resolved it really gives you the opportunity to do that when you might not otherwise ever really pause and think back and reflect on it and be grateful for the ways in which God's blessed you. So I love that you shared that. And I also love that you share that you're still struggling and learning how to listen to God's response, right? Wouldn't it be nice if he would just write a response? <laughs> that would be great. But he doesn't tend to work that way. But, um, you know, we've talked about it before here on the podcast, looking for ways to have more quiet in your life because God doesn't shout over the noise. If you've got nothing but noise in your life, if you don't have those opportunities of quiet, 
Um, it's really going to be hard to hear God's voice, but great practice, Teresa. And thank you for sharing it because it's really a great way to connect with God and keep track of your own spiritual life and keep yourself kind of accountable in inside of your prayer time. But even if, and I want to talk to everybody now, you aren't able to devote that kind of time to everyday journaling, prayer journaling. I've shared with you on the podcast before that um, during this past Lent, I kept a journal that wasn't quite long form prayer journaling, but it was just keeping track of who and what I was praying for. And that was nice to kind of go back through and see the different people that I'd prayed for and remind myself of the people I had promised to pray for. So you can even just try a shorter version of that if that works for you. But if you want to share ideas of what works for you inside of your prayer life, banishing those prayer excuses <laughs> that we talked about, or if there's a prayer excuse you struggle with that you want uh, other people to weigh in on, go ahead and share it with me here at Danielle at DanielleBean.com or connect with me on social media or send me that voicemail. You know that's my love language. Voicemail feedback for the Girlfriends Podcast. But really, I just want to thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up for another episode of Girlfriends. I love that we have the opportunity to connect like this week after week. It truly is meaningful to me. And I'm going to be keeping you in my prayers during the coming week. I'm so grateful for this community and for your presence here. So thank you for that. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 